212, yo, live in effect. It's the Count of Monte Cristo, commonly known to y'all as MC Devlin. You're listening to Cast from the Sewer. Mad foulness running through the underground labyrinth of twisted lead pipes and straight into your brain piece, kid. We're brought to you today by Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, an Allentown PA-based screen printing company run by punk scene stalwart and square of opposition's records founder, Chris Reject. I like to work with LVAC for all my printing needs because Chris uses environmentally conscious printing alternatives, works with the local unions for the hookup on ethically sourced garments, and his prints are always done top-notch or cut above the rest. So bands, entrepreneurs, hit up Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations for your next screen printing job. www.xlvacx.com If you'd like to support this podcast, check out my web stores, madconducted.bandcamp.com, where you can get the whole Mad Conducted digital catalog including a slew of new singles you may not have heard yet pay what you want pricing and all that yo and for the physical merch records and cds shirts hit up madconducted.bigcartel.com and check out mad conducted live this year with a slew of shows coming up february 17th scranton pennsylvania at the wolf irish pub february 24th philadelphia pa at creep records March 24th, Boonton, New Jersey at Boontoons. March 30th, Hartford, Connecticut at Sully's. March 31st, The Stone Church in Brattleboro, Vermont. April 7th, we're going to be back down in Lancaster at the Kaleidoscope. Got some other stuff out there on the horizon, some big stuff in the works. Hit us up if you're interested in booking a Mad Conductor show or sponsoring this podcast or whatever you got. Hit me up at mcdevlin at themadconductor.com. One more thing before we get into the show. I'd like to make a shout about my Kung Fu and Tai Chi school, Nazareth Shaolin Do, located at the Nazareth Center for the Arts, 30 Belvedere Street in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. If you're in the Lehigh Valley area, come check out a class. Monday or Wednesday evenings, Saturday morning. Hit me up at nazrithshaolin at gmail.com for more info. Come learn to fight, get strong, improve your flexibility, and become a real Shaolin disciple. Yo, check it out, y'all. My guest today is the one and only Brad Logan. He's got a new record out with his band Rats in the Wall called Warbound. Check it out at indecisionrecords.bandcamp.com and the rest of their catalog at ratsinthewall.bandcamp.com. They'll be making their way over here to the east coast soon in february they'll be playing in philadelphia on february 16th i'll be meaning to check that show out and i think they'll be in washington dc then on the 17th and a whole slew of dates around that so check them out on facebook they'll pop all their upcoming east coast dates on there so yo kick back and relax while mr logan kicks some deep insight and knowledge on all the aspects and nuances of playing in a band from the studio to the stage to the road plus a slew of entertaining anecdotes from his punk rock adventures over the years word up we're casting from the sewer with brad logan
Logan, what's going on, man? Hi, Chris. Long time no speak, man. Yeah, way too long, doing? man. Way too long. <laughs> Good to talk to you, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in. How you feeling, man? Uh, fuck. You know, like, I feel fucked, but way better than I did fucking yesterday. So yesterday was like three steps below fucked. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I caught some fucking bug, man. Like... Went up to the Midwest for a few days. <clears throat> My last day there. Just I don't know, man. I might might have, might have caught it on the plane on the way out, but no, bro. Fucking this thing is everywhere, man. Like. I had it, all my all my people had it, all my students had it, all all my friends had it. People were knocked out for like three yeah. weeks. So it's good that you got this shit now and get it out of the way with your tour coming up. You know what I'm saying? Dude, people are fucking dying out here of the shit. Like, not fucking old people, like just fucking adults, right? Like in LA and San Diego. I was reading a big article about it in the fucking Times the other day. It's like fucking taking people out. I'm like, whoa. So I just uh, am doing something I wouldn't normally do, which is fucking totally lay low, man. I haven't gotten out of bed in fucking two days. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was not that say, I felt like it, but I just hate sitting still, man. You know? Dude, so, you're always on the move, man. I'm like looking at your shit online. I'm like, how the, what the fuck? Does this guy have clones? I'm fucking, yeah, man, yeah. I try, you know, I try and make it look like I'm busy at least. <laughs> <laughs> Be weary of the uh, the phantom symptoms because, like, when I was over it, I would have, like, yeah. flashbacks, bro, like, days later, like, oh, am I sick again? And I'd get all, like, paranoid about it and take a bunch of vitamin C and go to bed at 6 o'clock, you know what I mean? Oh, right, right. Play it safe with your tool yeah, coming I just up. Been Oh, I just been pounding like uh I mean over the counter stuff is like you know, it just masks the fucking symptoms, right? It doesn't sure. do anything as far as trying to pull you out of it. So I've been like sucking down wheatgrass every day and, and fucking colloidal silver and just trying all these like immune building homeopathics and God, fuck who knows if they're helping or not. Expensive vitamins and wheat just on your windowsill. Healthy body sick yeah. mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're helping, but fuck it, you know? You got to try uh, anything at this point. People say zinc. Yes. People say vitamin D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most of that stuff is supposed to do before you <laughs> fucking get sick, but whatever. That was a joke that I heard somebody say. It was like, oh, you're sick? You know what you got to do? Take a bunch of vitamin C three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know. It's uh, rough on tour, man, and... um. I want to tell you about this stuff, man, that uh, saved my life a lot. It's this Chinese herbal tea called Mamortica. If they have like a, a Hong Kong market kind of place out there, pick up this tea or yeah. for your singer. This stuff is amazing. It it just saved my life on tour, Mamortica tea. It's like these little capsules you put in the hot water. So 
you're still uh how do you spell m-o-m-o-r-d-i-c-a you might be able to order it online too i'm sure you could no doubt but you only sing like a few songs in rats on the wall like yeah you know a few fucking lines here and there so uh, you know it's it's um you know uh but still it's fucking drag playing sick right no matter what you're doing but but yeah our singer is uh um you know, when you tour all the time, I think you build up, a, you know, you strengthen your fucking vocal cords and, and, and uh, you either root them or you fucking toughen them up. Absolutely. And, and we don't like, we don't tour a whole bunch, so she's got to be real careful. Her, her, her voice gets kind of like blown out after a couple of days if she doesn't oh, like, yeah. uh, you know, like um, take it real fucking easy like the first couple of shows. And that's like counterintuitive, right? Because you like, fucking play the gig man and you just put everything into it and it's like oh cool i'm just blowing my fucking shit yeah. out <laughs> you know i did that in f minus once on a on a um european tour t- fucking three shows into it blew my voice out to where the only shit that was coming out was <laughs> sounding like and tim and like, shit <laughs> yeah and i had like 25 more shows to go Oof. and i did the whole tour and couldn't talk for literally fucking six months after, man. Wow. It was fucking, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't going to, what am I going to do, get on a fucking plane and go home? Like, Fuck we that. were dog shit, you know? No, it's not like we're fucking you too and we're canceling because the, the voice is out, you know? <laughs> Blame it on the mic, man. Right. Yeah, man. Is this thing on? Yeah. I tried to think back when I was playing in No Cash how I screamed every night on tour, and then I remembered... Half of our shows would fall through, and the other half we'd only play for like fifteen minutes, and then like <laughs> fall off the stage or something. <laughs> right. right. Well, you know, it never happened. It never happened again. Once I blew it out that bad, it's like I fucking hit up some friends of mine that actually knew how to sing. Mm. I'm like, yo, man, you gotta give me some tips on how to not do this, and they like taught me all about the fucking you know, singing from the gut, not the head kind of shit. And, mm. and uh, some like different techniques and never fucking blew it out again. You know? Nice. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you have to school me on that shit, man. Yeah. The fact that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing had a lot to do with it too. You know? Yeah. You get too excited that first show. Right. I think that, 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 you know, you're natural. Like when you're talking, you're talking for me like, Space, right? Not your, you're not like breathing in and yeah. you're fucking, Hello, you know, God. right, right. And then these, these real singer friends of mine are like, no, man, you know, um, who was it? It was Davey from AFI actually gave me the fucking, oh, wow. the best pointers. Man. What did he say? He, Cause he can really sing, right? Oh, absolutely. His range is insane. Right. Never blows his shit out. And, uh, and he taught me the old, just, you know, taking a fucking breath of air into your stomach, you know, and then, but like, I'm trying to do it now, but I'm sick. And, mm-hmm. and then just like, don't push it, you know, um, kind of like you want to have your fucking stomach full of air before you start singing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's weird to explain, you know, kind of like a bagpipe. Yes, exactly. So you're not putting the fucking pressure on your, on your larynx and your vocal cords. You know, it's all coming from your lungs. You know, 
or your your stomach or or what have you, you know, and and um, that's great. And also pausing, yeah, right. And also pausing at, at various places to fucking breathe instead of just blowing it all out, you know. Yeah. You ever experience like when you're on tour and you feel like total shit, and then it's time to play, and you just get this like your adrenaline kicks in and you feel great on stage. You're like, I'm not even sick anymore. And then after the show, you like feel like you're gonna die. Oh yeah, you collapse in a fucking pile of waste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, something about that adrenaline, man. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool to know that your body can help you through those moments when you got to get through them, you know. But at yeah, it goes into survival <laughs> survival mode. Afterward, you're gonna pay for sure. Yeah, totally. But yeah, man, congratulations on the new album, and uh, seems to be like really getting a lot of hype. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I I really like it. I think it's kind of the best stuff that, that Rats has done as a band. And, and the thing is, it wasn't even, we didn't even plan on, on releasing it as a, a record. You know, we went in to, to do all those songs as demos at, huh. at our friend, uh, yeah, at our friend Jimmy's house. And, and uh, he's got like a home studio and, um, he's in a bunch of bands out here and um you know it's a in his you know the live room is his garage and he's got cables running into his fucking laundry room you know which is where the which is where the you know the vocals are and and, uh, visualize it um yeah and uh we're like hey man we just want to like demo some shit here how it sounds and and uh it came out so good we're like you know, because we went in without any, like, we had been fucking with the songs for a while. We weren't nervous about anything. We didn't have any, like, should we do this or that? We just kind of wanted to hear it. And uh, um, it was like, ah, oh, this is fucking, this came out really good, man. I don't think we need to, like, re-record this anywhere. And, and that, at the same time, as we had done that, like, that uh, program, which is a skate shop out here um, that does shows, they do shows like three a week, right? It's like wow. a, a fucking best best all ages venue in fucking Orange County. That's not, a, you know, in Southern California, it's not even a venue, right? And and uh, um, they're like, yeah, we're we're gonna start putting out records too, man. You guys want to be our first record? We're like, hell yeah! Oh, cool. So it all kind of, yeah, it all kind of like came together, you know, by by um, you know, no fucking uh, um, planning on our own you know, came together really, uh, it's like, well, it must be the right thing to do, you know? Very natural. So, and doesn't it seem right. like that's the best way to record with like almost candidly, like you're just jamming with your band, not even really worried. Like, what is this going to be? How is it going to be perceived by our listeners? Like, are they going to like how I pl- bend this note? Are they going to like how I'm singing this line? It was just all you're jamming, tracking a demo and then like actually tricked you. This is the record. Yes, absolutely. You got nothing to lose, man. You know, which we didn't, it's like, fuck, we, you know, we had nothing to lose. Nobody was going to, nobody had been talking to us about putting anything out and and we were just like, you know, we do the shit. We were doing it because we just, liked being in a band together right there was no like uh game plan or anything and and uh so chronologically you recorded it 
and then were approached to do a release with program? Yeah, within <laughs> like like three weeks after we were recorded it, we were just like sitting on these tunes. It's like, well, fuck, we got six tunes, and and uh, they hit us up about doing a seven inch, and and uh, we're like, well, we can fit five of them on there mm. on a seven inch, and uh, and it, that's when Indecision, uh, you know, got involved as well, and. Um, Dave Mandel, who runs Indecision, is like, you know, he still goes to shows. He, he takes photos, and you know, Indecision released all these. If you're not familiar with that label, released a bunch of hardcore from Orange County, uh, you know, back in the '90s and stuff, and and uh, um, uh, you know, some brutal, like early fucking brutal, uh, you know, straight edge, not straight edge just, you know, hardcore type stuff. And, and, uh, and we kind of partnered up on it and decided, well, we'll do cassettes and, and CDs too. And we can throw that extra song on, on those, you know? Mm. So, um, bonus track. Yeah. Right. Bonus track that would usually be on the vinyl, but you know, is now on the cassette and the CD. Well, how does it work when two labels release one record? Like, do they split the cost of the production. I think and, so, yeah. And then yeah, split I, all the I, profits. Right. I don't think they uh I mean, I don't know too much about um the deal they made with each other, but I would imagine it's something like that. Hmm. Like we're just getting, you know, records from them, right? Like that's our payment is records and, and so uh you know, percentage of the press and uh which is cool because we can sell those at shows and, and you know yeah it works out good for us and but they have like you know all the uh online sales and all the um digital and stuff like that and so they own they own the masters well technically we own the masters they didn't they didn't pay us for it we paid for them hmm. to uh we paid our buddy who recorded us Okay. But they're like a, yeah, so, you know, it's like a small time, uh, you know, it's a fucking six song EP and, and we've been friends with, you know, both, uh, um, indecision and the, the guys that program for, you know, so long we, that topic didn't even fucking come up. It's like, wow. they didn't ask for the masters. It, you know, we didn't even have that fucking talk. And, and we're not asking for uh, um, anything other than, yeah, give us whatever the fuck you want, man. Who fucking cares? Well, you don't feel fleeced about, like, them selling it on Bandcamp as opposed to you? Like, is it more of just, like, here's a donation, let me toss y'all some songs because I love what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, we have fucking, you know, one full length, three, two fucking uh, splits. You know, we have, like... 25 fucking songs on our band camp that we put on ourselves. Yeah. It's like, fuck, cool. Let someone else do it for a while. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See how they do with it, you know? Mm. And, uh, um, so nah, I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't give a fuck, you know? <laughs> You've all been self released up until this point. Is it like nice to just have somebody else deal with that shit and like focus on the band? Oh, fucking 100%, man. I mean, even there, you know, we still had to, I had to be like, um, 
you know, uh, you know, you have to approve all the, the fucking art and, and, you know, go over the layout and, yeah. you know, the, all, you know, a bunch of other fucking, you know, all those little details, fucking sequencing, mm-hmm. fucking, you know, um, you know, just the production details that, that, uh, mailing shit out. <laughs> Yeah, we had to go back and forth, you know, with, the, the, like, the guy who took the, the photos on the covers, it's, you know, each um, format has a different photo from the same show. Oh, cool. And it's a different color. That's smart. And different photo, right? <laughs> That's very smart. You got to get all three. Yeah, right. They're collectors. Yeah, it's a, it's a set, you know. Beautiful. I'm taking notes, man. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy who laid laid it out, or the guy who took the photos, also laid it out, right? And and um, uh, you know, so we had to pick which photos, and and you know, of course, everybody in the fucking band has what's the photo they look the fucking best in, and blah 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 <laughs> they blah. Chose, they chose you know? wisely. Yeah, so it had to go back and forth like that for a while, but dude, I I gotta say, I love the blue on the vinyl. The blue is so nice. It looks really cool, right? With the white vinyl. I wasn't expecting the blue, you know? Like, you, you think rats yeah. in the wall, it's going to be black. Nothing but blue, you know what I mean? Nah. And then you see the blue, and it's like, ooh, blue. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking, uh, it's attractive. It's fucking sexy, man. It is, I like dude, it. I wanted to say sexy, but I felt weird <laughs> about saying it. I'm glad you said it, man. <laughs> no, nah, you, you can't. You can't. I say it in spite of us, you know? Yeah, it's fucking sexy. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy about it. It was, like I said, a total like fucking accident, you know. So I mean, um, I'm sure you've accumulated a lot of like punk rock karma for some shit like that to come together. You know, like there are some workings happening, some ghosts. You know, the ghosts of legendary punk rockers like around you. Like, all right, we're gonna get them to candidly record this album. Now we're gonna get in somebody's head about throwing them a deal, and it's gonna happen. I think that that's the way it worked that, you know, the best was, you know, at least from the performance um, standpoint of like, we had no fucking pressure. You know, there was literally like, we just went in and fucking hung out with our buddy who was recording it, shot the shit with him, you know, like no fucking, uh, did I do this line right or play that mm-hmm. right? It was just like, yeah, fuck it, man. Sounds good enough. So natural. You know, and, and so, yeah, it was like the, probably the best representation of what a live fucking set would be like, you know. And, uh, um, Did you record it like, all, the, all as a band, like in in one shot, like vocals, guitar, everything, or did you scratch stuff and then come and overdub? Uh, I would say that that nine. Well, the only person that wasn't there when we recorded it initially was uh, the bass player. I played bass. And uh, he was on tour with another band. Um, so when he got back, he came in and just laid all the bass tracks. But it was me and the singer and the drummer um, live. And, uh, or, well, me and the drummer first and then the singer on the same day just threw vocals over him. Um, there wasn't room and you know, it wasn't big enough for us all to play at the same time. Right. Um, laundry room. But, right. But, uh, you know, the garage is where the drums were, you know, and, and, uh, um, but, uh, there was no, um, I think that I redid maybe one or two little 
fucking, you know, obvious fuck-ups. And I don't even know. Our singer maybe redid a fucking line. But it was just like pretty much what you're hearing is the, the all first fucking takes. Wow. You know, 95, not, you know, 98% of it is just first take shit. And even to an extent, overdubbing or redoing a part is still natural because it's like, if it was fucked up in the recording, it's not like you owe it to anybody. Like, no, wait, we got to leave it. It's like, but that's not how the song was intended to be played. So let's just punch it in. And right. it was, was it recorded digitally or did you put it on tape? No, it was digital. So it's like nothing yeah. to go back in. Let me punch that in. Let me punch that chord in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but he, you know, <laughs> what Freddie would do is he would just hit, record and like leave the room and go in and make fucking some something to eat or whatever. And, <laughs> and, you know, go take a piss or and you know, come back, you know, all right, you done? Cool. Stop. <laughs> and, and so, um, I mean, he, he, you know, he's been in hardcore bands out here, you know, him and his brother for fucking ever. And he's been recording his own stuff forever. Right. So he knows exactly how to record that shit. And it's not like, you know, fucking struggle for him or weird. And, and, uh, some engineer guys can, you know, don't, can't get their head around the very simple concepts of, yeah. you know, fucking less is more. And, and, uh, um, and it also helped that our, you know, like we write and practice like fucking weekly basis, whether we got shows coming up or not, whether, you know, we're like, we like to, you know, be a living and breathing fucking evolving band. And, mm. and so like, we, you know, we do one release, cool. Fucking never listen to it again. Start working on the next one, you know? And, and that's part of the, uh, um, one of the, uh, I think, um, uh, the positives about being in a band that nobody fucking cares about <laughs> is you have nobody to fucking, nobody to uh to answer to except yourselves you know and it's like all right cool we're just working on uh getting better at saying what we want to say the way we want to say it is you know for ourselves Nonsense. you know what i mean yeah so yeah and uh you know um uh so uh like for me at least. And, and I think for those guys too, you know, at this point, you know, half the fun of being in the fucking band isn't shows anymore. It's, it's the whole, you know, the creative process. Mm. Right. Yeah. I love both aspects. You know, it's a yin yang when you're in a band, it's like, if you're not, totally. doing, if you're not doing the creative stuff, taking risks, writing, there's not going to be any excitement when you go play that stuff live. And if it's not fun when you're playing live, you're not going to want to create more. It's going to be like, it's got to be reciprocal. Yes. But let me ask you, did you say your bass player came back in to dub his bass or did you keep the bass that you laid down on it? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, you know, just the, the, the most rudimentary of, <laughs> you know, I'm fucking Sid Vicious on the bass, man. And, and, uh, <laughs> Probably a step above that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I did just and it sounded great to me, but it was very fucking da 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 da, da you know, and, and uh, you know, yeah, right. But you know, he's like, um, you know, he he added. Uh, um, there's a lot of stuff that he does that that uh, you know adds a different dimension to it, and, and uh, um, 
I'm glad he came in and, and, you know, put his shit on there. You know, Mm. I I think that, you know, we were like, Hey, he's on fucking tour. You know, this, it wasn't for any specific, we weren't using for any specific purpose other than demoing it. So it's like, fuck it. You know, we'll go in, I'll play bass. We'll just hear how the track sounded. Mm. Do you think it's important to have all band members included on a recording, even if there's a guy who could like, just take care of everything probably better than the other people could. Do you value having like everyone's kind of energy captured on that recording over maybe having a little bit higher level of skill in the playing? Oh, I think it makes a big difference. You know, I think that, that, um, you know, uh, who have exception. I mean, I get it that some people, you know, can't be there on certain days and they're going to come in another day. And, and, but, you know, I mean, you want everybody to feel connected to it, man. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's the fucking, you know, the awesome part of being in a band. There's a lot of awesome parts of, of having your own solo shit too. And, and, you know, not having to run anything by anybody, you know, that that's great too, but that's your solo fucking shit, right? If you're in a band, you know, uh, the cool part about that is, when everybody's throwing an idea is you come up with shit sometimes that's better than what you would have thought of oh, because yeah. it's like, Oh wait, stop. What did you just do? Yeah. Fucking do that. All right. Yeah. And, and you take off in a different direction and, uh, um, you know, and it, with the, there's like, we're working on new stuff right now and, and I'm trying to write from that, um, standpoint of like going into, uh, right now it's just me and the drummer and I'm just going in, uh, to play with him, you know, up until I got sick, but I'd go in with no ideas or maybe just a little fucking, you know, riff that I put on my, um, voice memo on the phone mm. and nothing constructed and just kind of go in and fucking improvise and see what comes out. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and normally I don't write like that. I like to have a fucking plan, you know, here's the fucking start. Here's the end of the, here's the, you know, this part. And, uh, and I got, you know, into the sort of predictable pattern with it. It's like, well, let's try and get out of that. And then by, you know, in the, in the scene will come down, and she'll just sit there and just fucking hang out. And, and, you know, even if she's not throwing any vocals in, she'll just go, oh, hey, I like that part. You know, fucking, you know, do uh, do this again, you know, or don't do that. And, and uh, the bass player has been on tour again. With, he's in, like, a few other bands and, um, but now that he's back, you know, we can, he's going to be on the tour with us and, and, uh, you know, we can get him down there and get his two cents in shit too. And, and, uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's important, you know, um, as, as it is frustrating, it can be frustrating too, man. You know, you've been yeah. in bands. You got to walk on you know, eggshells like, sometimes. Right. And you got to like, you know, you got to think of what's best for the big picture, you know, and mm-hmm. pick your battles and like, all right, I'm not going to get too, you know, there are some things I'm, t- you know, it's like I'll fight for and other things you just got to let go. So other people can, so it can be theirs too, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Cause it's a bit, cause it's a band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one thing I heard Billy Corgan said was like one of his regrets about smashing pumpkins was not including his band more. And that's something that I've yeah. always tried to do. But then I always end up yeah. getting hurt, Brad. Like then my band always walks and I'm like, why did I let that guy play that line when I could have done it like five times better? Right. But maybe it's just, you got to be like a player's manager and just like 
trust your guys, you know, and give them benefit of the doubt over and over. Exactly. How do you handle like somebody's doing something and you're kind of like you got the rats in the wall in your head or kind of like clawing like you got I want to say something I want to say but I don't want to hurt their feelings and I don't want to like cause any bad energy how do you approach those kind of situations or do you not encounter them do you like let the thought dissolve in your own mind and just let it be as is as far as if if somebody comes up with a part on something that that I'm not into yeah, something like that. Like they're playing something and maybe you are hearing it a different way or a lyric or anything like that. How do you approach that? Uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, you want to say in the way that, that you know, um, I, I like to leave the floor open to fucking um, throwing ideas back and forth and, and kind of like, you know, the, the, the thing is, well, you know, Nobody should have hurt feelings here. We're throwing ideas, just throwing ideas back and forth. Mm. You know what I mean? We got to be able to be open with each other about shit like that. So if, if I'm, if somebody is doing something that, that, that I, I, I don't like, that doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing for the song, but I'll say, fuck, can you try something else? You know, <laughs> yeah. or that's, that's cool, but try this. And then we'll like try it both ways for a while and we'll see which one seems to better mm. you know what i mean does that make any kind of sense absolutely and then s sometimes you kind of realize that you were wrong you're like oh you know what you're right all yeah. along i didn't think so but now yeah. that i hear it thank you you know yes and then with lyrics it's like i kind of leave those open to eva to you know to talk about whatever she wants to talk about occasionally she would come up with a line and i'd be like ah terrible line <laughs> and again it's 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 just my opinion it doesn't really mean it's terrible you know and so i'd go to her hey what do you think about this line do you like that line and mm. and she could if she was like um attached to it she'd be like yeah it's really saying what i want to say there i'd be like cool you know leave it alone mm. and sometimes she'd be like yeah i didn't know what to put there mm. and i'd be like can you fuck with it a little more, you know, kind of try some different things. And, and so her, and I have a good rapport about that kind of stuff. She doesn't take, you know, um, because she knows I fucking love and respect her. So she doesn't take it like an attack. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been like real thankful in the past when people have questioned something that I had, I've never like been like hurt by it, you know? And in fact, looking back, like my producer, Dan McKinney, really fucking saved my ass a lot of times with some really stupid lines that I wanted to use. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, a lot of times I wish people would fucking chime in, you know, like, mm -hmm. well, what do you think about this part that I fucking wrote here? I don't know what the fuck, you know? And, and, uh, um, I think that when you're in a healthy, uh, you know, working environment with people that they will tell you their opinion and, and you can go, oh, fucking cool. All right. You can wait out, you know? Yeah, um, yeah man, it's, it's cool to be around. I mean, it definitely pays to be, to work with people that, that you trust, you know, and, and like everybody in that band, um, you know, are, are pretty much, uh, people that, uh, um, I guess I was the first guy in the band and then I, I, I just hooked up with people whom we got along. I got along with like idealistically, you know, mm -hmm. we had the same 
likes and music, not everything, and and uh, it helped that they could play. But first and foremost, you know, I think that 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 um, the type of person they were uh, was more important. And that's the way I put a few different bands together. It seems to work out. And would you only let it happen organically? Like if you had a plan for a tour and one of them was like, oh, I couldn't do that. Would you be like, okay, then that's what it is. Or would you be like, oh, I'm going to find a substitute. No, we always get substitutes. I mean, there's been substitutes for me. Yeah. I mean, there were things that, there were things I couldn't do. It's like, ah, no, take fucking Landon. He'll he'll play guitar, you know? And, And I mean, I think that the way I look at it is everybody's replaceable the band is bigger than any one of the individuals, okay. you know, and, and myself included, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, probably, probably we couldn't do a tour without would be the singer, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. And, but yeah, but the rest of us, fuck, who gives a fuck about us? You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, you, you got the fucking, uh, I kind of like the idea of the band living on, you know, without, um, I, 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 perfect, you know, I mean, I don't like doing that. I'd rather have the people that, that played on this shit be there. Yeah. Um, and pretty much, you know, uh, um, we try and plan our, our shows and our tours, you know, so they don't fuck anybody's schedule up, man. And, and, uh, um, and, and so everybody can be there. Yeah. You know, because the shows are, the shows are a lot better. We've had, I've had stand in bassists and, and drummers and, you know, it's cool, but it's not the fucking same. You know, Absolutely. the energy is in there, man. Yeah. And it's all about the energy. And for like as kind of gritty and brutal and atonal as the rats in the wall stuff is sometimes, like I hear a lot of groove in there too, like some rock and roll influence. And, and it's like clear that yeah. y'all are having fun playing this stuff, not just trying to prove something. Yeah, there's a lot going into it. And, and I think that we wanted to... Um, uh, I mean, there's a, uh, wanted to not be the same as uh, a lot of what's going on around, you know, um, the scene that we go to shit, you know, hardcore and, and uh, D beat and, and metal and, and crust and all that shit's fucking great. Love it. But there doesn't need, there's like 200 bands doing fucking D beat. It doesn't need to be 201 fucking bands doing <laughs> the same kind of shit, you know, and, and uh, was our philosophy. It's like, well, let's try, you know, and do something a little fucking, you know, try to do something different and see if we can make it as, uh, as fucking, you know, um, uh, as uh, exciting to us as that other type of stuff is without sounding fucking exactly like that other type of stuff. Super important, yeah. So yeah. we're we're pulling from a lot of fucking influences that that wouldn't be typically, um, you know, it's not trendy stuff right <laughs> right now, you know. And and uh, but fuck, man, Eva was in, you know, her band before was like fucking hate breed, you know. Uh, F minus was fucking, you know, F minus million miles <laughs> was F minus, you know, leftover cunt is leftover crack, and uh, um. It's like, fuck, we've done all that. We've done that other shit. You know, let's try and do something that, that is new territory for us, you know. And, and uh, I think that, that that the newest EP is, is probably, it, it, it's, I think, you know, 
30 recorded songs later, I think it's finally starting to take a shape, which is, is like, like we don't even know what we're looking for, but it sounds like it's kind of starting to get to what we're looking for, you know? Yeah. It's de- you definitely have your own sound. And I, and I think you deserve credit for like not riding your own coattails and like, not just repeating what probably would just be a cash in for you. You know what I mean? And I, th- I think that that's would be cool. too easy. Of, that would be too easy of a fucking way out. Right. And, yeah, absolutely. and, and not like, and, and not honest, man. I mean, like, yeah. I love all that F minus shit, but I can't, you know, like I watch videos, you know, on YouTube of, of us and it's like, that's cool, man. But like, I couldn't play that stuff with my fucking heart into it anymore. Cause I, mm. I you know, I fucking did that shit for years and it was rad, but that was fucking then, which is why F minus hasn't done any like reunions or whatever. I mean, that was then this is fucking now because you, you know, it's like with the reunion, you owe it to the band to like stay true to it. Maybe in some situations a reunion somehow is staying true. But like, I always thought one of the baddest ass things about operation Ivy was that even though they could probably make a billion dollars and sell out 12 stadiums in a row, they never fucking did it. Like that's the most punk rock thing of all time. Yeah. Neither did minor threat, you know, neither did the fucking clash. I mean, you're right. No, I'm not bagging on anybody that's done reunions because I've seen some reunions that were fucking great. You like that Misfits reunion, right? Misfits were fucking great. You know, Subhumans never really broke up. Um, Subhumans are always fucking great. Uh, um, You said you saw Misfits when they were playing originally, right? Like you did a tour with them back in the 80s? Yeah, when I was a a kid, man. When I was in high school. Such a legend, dude. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, we played, uh, I was in this band, Harry Terry from San Pedro, and, and uh, um, basically, they, they the guitar player left. They were like a fucking early, you know, um, ex- fucking peace sign with the fucking nuclear explosion. Nice. You know, uh, um, like crass meets fucking crucifix, you know, and, and uh, spiky fucking vests, you know, shiny pants. And um, uh, they were like, hey, you know, our guitar plays with us, and we have this tour that we're doing um, down to Texas. You know, we're playing with the Misfits and, and um, you know, a bunch of other bands, and, and we're looking for a guitar player. And I, I can't even remember who, who told me they were looking for somebody, but I went and tried out. So, like, cool, man. Uh, do you want to do the tour? I was like, absolutely. And so we played two shows with the Memphis. We played one in Dallas, one and one in uh, Austin. And, you know, we stayed, they stayed at the same house. You know, we were staying at the promoter's fucking house. They stayed there too, you know. Wow. And, uh, um, you know, they, we went to their fucking record store, you know, um, in store appearance. But this was like, um, there was probably at these shows 500 people, right? Which was like in that era was fucking enormous you know what i mean now it's like not (laughs) you playing leftover crack i play in mad conductor 500 is fucking dope (laughs) right 500 is a lot of people right but when you think about all these fests and stuff now you know it's like it's mostly what it is 500 yeah 500 is like fucking you know um it it isn't much compared to how punk shows have been for for a while and and Mm. uh 
um, I don't even think these these shows were sold out. They were one was in a big warehouse in Dallas, just a big empty concrete fucking warehouse, and the other was in a theater in, in uh, um, downtown Austin. You know the flyers. I'm gonna actually post them on the. They, they come. They're coming up at the end of the month. I'm gonna fucking post them. But uh, um, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, my band, the band Harry Carey, was totally into the Misfits. I heard of him up until then. We were fucking blasting the cassette the whole way down, you know, and, and by the time I got to, you know, we'd done shows all the way to Texas, but by the time I got to Texas, I was a fucking fan, you know? Wow. That's really, I wonder how many people saw the original Misfits and saw this reunion. Like, you might be one of a rare breed. Then again, you're Brad Logan, so. <laughs> you know, a few of my, uh, you know, a few of my friends um, from, you know, Ron from Final Conflict, who, who books Leftover Crack, he'd also seen the original Misfits, and and, uh, um, and he was at the reunion. You know, I think a lot of, of, of what makes the reunion is, these reunions great is, is, you know, if you're emotionally attached to the fucking band or not, right? Mm. Because it's just some guys coming out and fucking playing, and if you have no emotional attachment to the music, it's just another fucking band. But for me, the Misfits were like part of my childhood, you know, and, and uh, like Jawbreaker is for, for other people. Like I saw Jawbreaker, you know, a bunch when, you know, before they broke up originally. And, and they were cool, that. but yeah, they were cool, but they weren't like a part of my fucking, you know, I wasn't emotionally attached to the stuff. Right. You know what I mean? So that's cool. But at the same time, fucking doesn't mean shit to me. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I sometimes the caution people against people who are like, get no cash together. And I'm like, no, trust me. Like it's better that we don't do that. You know, I, I try and ask myself when it comes to band matters, I kind of ask myself I, I, more often than not, I tend to ask myself, what would Ian McKay do? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what would Ian do? Yeah. I, you know, I mean, here's a guy who, who made it, you know, honestly, and on his terms, without having to cheapen himself, you know, and um, and and I really look up to that. He didn't have to like, you know, fucking get used and abused and cheapen himself and exploit himself mm-hmm. to become what I consider a success in in this sort of fucking uh, genre, you know. And all of his bands that that you know he was in all sounded different from one another and he never went back. You know, once one band ended, he fucking just kept going forward. And that is definitely harder because it doesn't matter who you are. Nobody gives a fuck about your new band. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know? So like, they don't want to fuck. Yeah. They don't want to fucking know, man. You know? And, and, uh, you know, you got two guys from leftover crack and rats. Nobody gives a fuck. You know, it's like play some leftover crack songs. But we're not any, we're not even anything like left ever crack, you know? And, and, uh, uh, it's kind of funny to but, me when I see people say like rats in the wall featuring Brad Logan, who was in F minus and leftover crack. And I'm like, who the fuck doesn't know who Brad Logan is? Like, you don't even have to add the other credentials. Promoters are going to promote man, And, and you know, I, I always tell them, Hey, if you could leave that shit out, that'd be rad. Yeah. Again, man, like, you deserve credit for not like going out there and being like, 
South Park's Brad Logan. You know what I mean? <laughs> Brought to you by Comedy oh, yeah, Central, like, Rats in the Wall. Yeah. No, we want to, like, stand on our own and have our own identity and, and you know. Um, but, uh, you know, oh, that's what I was talking about, reunions. But you know what? I'll tell you, man. And a lot of these guys that are doing these reunions, like, I think Jawbreaker fucking deserves the money, man. They deserve to get fucking paid. You know, they influenced enough fucking bands that went on to make fucking millions, and they didn't make. They were working fucking day jobs. Mm. Uh, refused, same thing, man. Fuck yeah, throw the money at these fucking guys. Well, it's like uh, ODB said, "I got to get paid, whether it's truthfully or untruthfully." If somebody offered fucking F minus a million dollars to do reunion, I'd have to fucking think real hard about that. Even though I'm not like. I mean, here's the thing, is it, it just wouldn't be the fucking same. We would suck, man, mm. you know? We would fucking suck. It, it was very much, that band was very much a time and a place, and it was an accident. Again, just like fucking rats. It was a motherfucking accident. I couldn't have planned that shit. There was, nobody cared at the fucking time. You know, we would play, huh. uh, we got put on, because we were on Hellcat, we got put on some of the biggest shows around, Nobody fucking cared. People were just blank stares because they weren't used to seeing that shit on on big stages. You know what I mean? And, right. and we were, we were fucking uncompromising in in our attitudes towards um being completely fucking hardcore. And you know, this isn't about being singing fucking happy little songs about your fucking girlfriend, mm. boyfriend. This is like you know, these are some real. This is some real shit we're singing about. And the way we're delivering it is um, deliberate because we fucking, you know, um, uh, were completely anti-warped our culture. You know what I mean? And, Even and, though uh, you were like shoulder to shoulder with those guys, like you were on the same plane as all those bands that were more or less pop rock bands who, you know, dressed like skaters and sang about love and shit well because a lot of those bands could appreciate what we were doing like musicians liked us and they fucking got it you know what i mean they understood and they were like fuck yes you know and and we had a lot of friends in these big bands who had nothing like us but totally understood what we were doing and it took 20 years before the crowds fucking got it and, you know people come up to me all the time and and go, oh, when's F minus going to play now, right? Right, of course. Nobody was, nobody, <laughs> nobody was doing that fucking then. You know? And, and, uh, you know, it, it, it just wouldn't be the same if we came out and, and you know, and, and uh, so. Over the course of F minus's existence, the music did kind of become more melodic. Was that intentional or did it just, did the melody just seep through the cracks? I think it probably seeped through the cracks. I mean, I know that, that, um, um, Erica, who was uh, the guitarist could actually sing, you know, and, uh, I could not, um, Jen, the bass player could sort of, you know, um, but I don't think it was a conscious shift to anything more melodic other than, um, you know, we didn't want to do the same record, you know, over and over. Do you know what I mean? So regardless of, you know, if we had stayed together, it probably would have 
you know, who knows what it would have wound up as. You know, I, I like the idea of, of trying to um, not repeat what you did, you know. Definitely, um, even though the fans probably would disagree, you know. Right, you know, I mean, there's there's like, you know, there's a couple of types of bands. There's the bands that do the same record every time and people fucking love it and that's what they want. And, and you know, and, and the band is, is happy to give it to them like that. But then there's those bands that, you know, every record sounds different, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, um, and to me, you know, and that's like riskier because you, you know, you could end up fucking alienating people that like you because you know, you're no longer playing what they want to hear. But I think as a fucking band person, it's the only way to go, man, unless you want to be in like 25 different fucking bands all doing different things. And that gets like, you know, really uh, complicated. You know, I'm in three bands right now and, and, uh, um, and a solo thing that I, I want to do, but I haven't had time to, you know, so. Oh, really? And, and it's all like, oh yeah. And it's all I can do to fucking find the time to like devote to each one of these to like, you know, write and, and whatever, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. So why not just do it in one, why not just try and fucking experiment in one band? You know, that's yeah. another thing I see a lot of, Chris, which breaks my heart is, is, you know, a lot of bands will be around for a fucking year and then they'll just disappear, you know, or, or they'll start to get some like notoriety and then just disappear. Maybe that's like by design. Maybe that's, they don't give a fuck, you know, about like taking it any further than that. Mm. Um, but I think it's fucked, man. It's like, huh. you know, like, if, you know, keep like, you know, when you look at like all those bands from the seventies and shit, like the fucking who and the stones and like all those classic rock bands, Beatles to me, they put out like five fucking shitty albums before they started to get good, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. You gotta, some, sometimes it does work that way where like the band needs to mature and like find itself. But then other times it could be where like the initial burst of energy is something like bigger than everybody individually that like exists in a moment of time and then is like gone in an explosion. You're right about, you know, that that could be true too. And, and, you know, it's my own, like, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong. That's my own, like personal preference. It's like, man, if you're, you know, like that band gloss, who was, um, uh, from out there from Seattle, man. And, and they were like, you know, a hardcore band with a trans singer and, and, uh, um, uh, they were fucking, you know, uh, they weren't like radically fucking different, but they were really good, you know, and uh, uh, really good at doing the fucking HC, man, really powerful. And, um, uh, and, and, you know, right as they were starting to gain a following, they, they kind of fucking split up and, and, uh, and that made me sad. It's like, ah, shit, you know, at least you could have waited a couple records down the road to do that because who knows what it could have turned into. You know? Yeah. And, uh, so I, you know, I don't know, man. It's tough to be um, in a band. Like, I mean, it's tough to be in a band. You're right. You've That's got a good situation, part of it too. you know? And like, I, I try to, um, 
keep bands together and it's like I, when I look at it I'm I'm like man just having a band that exists you're like 99% more successful than every other band that's ever been attempted it's you're just, absolutely right just getting yeah, the be, guys just being in able to keep is a miracle yeah <laughs> you're, you're fucking absolutely right finding four of the people that have nothing better to do is is a fucking miracle man and and you're right um, and I, and I don't take that for granted. I, I you know, it's like, um, I, I, I'm lucky that with rats, everybody's like, you know, we all are just, nobody has anything better to do. You know, one thing I see with, um, the bands that are like more successful in the scene, like they just never stop the momentum. Like for example, Vic from the slackers, it'll be like the slackers, tour yeah. Europe and then come back and do a West coast run. And now they're off tour, yeah. but Vic is going to go do a solo show in the afternoon in Baltimore and then a night show in DC. And I'm like, dude, this guy is just like nonstop. Like now, is it, uh, I, I wonder, is it, uh, and you're kind of the same way. Is it a product of like, can't stop, won't stop. Like, this is what I love to do. Or is it like out of necessity? Like, yeah. I gotta mean, keep it, going. as long as I've known Vic, that's been his, like, that he's just, the fucking guy who loves playing music, you know? And, and, uh, you know, I learned from guys like that. It's like, Oh, I get it. You just don't fucking stop. The, the more you keep doing it, um, the better your shit gets, you know, whether anybody likes it or not, you know, is beside the point and, and the better your stuff gets. And, and so I, I try and like maintain that too. Like, um, and there's a couple other guys in, in, you know, some, some bands around who, who do that stuff too. And, and, and are, are unofficial like mentors of mine, you know, uh, like I, I, um, um, I'm influenced by that. They just fucking keep going, you know, and, and they don't even take time to bask in fucking shit. You know, it's like, okay, this is done. Cool. Onto this, this is done. Cool. Onto this, you know? And, and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if there's any money coming in from it or not, you know, and, uh, um, you know, I got to work, everybody in the band's got to work and, and fuck it, man. You know, and, and if one band like, you know, the cool thing about having a, maybe a couple of projects going is, is if one band, you know, is kind of, um, uh, not as active, then you just put your energy into the other band. And if that band is kind of not active for a bit, then you go to the other one, you know, and just you can bounce around. So you being the crazy person <laughs> can stay, can stay active all the time between all your projects. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then I, and I, that's the way I would put it to these people that I would play. It's like, Hey, you know, just you want to humor me and do this stuff with me. And I think it'd be really fun. And, and, and I, I'm a fan of the way you play and, and, you know, and, and, you know, just humor me and, and, uh, um, and they're not always active at, you know, at the same time, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, um, uh, so I, I put more into the band that, um, you know, everybody's showing up to practice, let's say right. just because, you know, because I'll get the immediate results, you know? Yeah. Um, which is the execution of the fucking music, you know, the delivering of the fucking jams. Yeah. And it kind of allows it to be more natural too. Like I presented a song to my drummer and he's like, Hmm, I don't like it. And I was like, 
what? I, I fucking love this shit, man. And then I'm like thinking yeah. about it. Like, well, if he doesn't want to play it, maybe I'll just introduce it to, and I don't really have other serious projects, but like I do some studio stuff with guys on the side. So I'm like, maybe I'll just work it there and bring something else to the table. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that or you could go, cool. Let's just sit on it for a while and come back to it in a few months. Maybe you'll like it then, you know, if you don't use it for something else, you know what I mean? Because that that's another one that happens a lot is it's like, you know, when I initially heard it, I thought it sucked. And then after having some time away from it, it's like all of a sudden this is fucking I like this, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you don't have to take it as a, as a, like a fucking defeat or any, you know, it's like, that's cool. All right. I'll just move it on down here or we'll just put it on ice for a while, you know? Mm. And, uh, uh, and it's kind of frustrating if you're the, the guy that's coming up with the majority of the ideas, which I, I think that you are in your situations. But that's the price that you got to pay for being the guy who comes up with the majority of the ideas. <laughs> and if you're a control freak like me, you like being the person that comes up with the majority of the ideas, but not everybody's going to like them all the time, right? And that's right. normal, you know? Yeah, I guess just keep the ideas coming. It forces you to keep the mind sharp and keep, Sharpening your own sword. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Wu-Tang Clan, you know, nine guys clamoring to get on the track. It's like, you better bring oh, the, yeah. the A game, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, and all those guys had their own, all those guys had their own things going in multiple projects, right? Oh, yeah. But if yeah. you've ever seen if you've ever seen them live, they were just a fucking mess live, you know, just too many dudes on stage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> they kind of like advertise the brotherhood and all that, but anybody that knows anything about like Wu-Tang, they're constantly warring within. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just like all families, you fight and then you make up and make some awesome shit happen. One thing I noticed yeah. about like your music, like looking at you and all your catalog it's pretty devoid of ska influence other than of course like playing with leftover crack is do you get enough ska playing with them or were you never like a big ska guy no i was never a ska guy i mean uh um i never played it in my life until i was playing with leftover crack and in fact you know the the first you know maybe 10 years of the band I, i would just not play those ska parts no, oh, really? Uh, and then, oh yeah, and, and then uh, I was like, man, I just you know, might as well try and learn how these how the shit goes. And so Ezra, <laughs> you know, gave me their their tips on it. But I mean, it's not that I didn't like ska because I, you know, I, I loved like um, you know, Op Ivy and the Specials, and then all that old like '60s Trojan and and you know, um, oh, yeah. I was really into that shit, you know, as a punk. And, uh, but I just, you know, I just never played it. Right. And this fucking hardcore guy. And, uh, on my own, I'm not going to write stuff like that. No. Do you write in leftover crack? Uh, that is pretty much Sturgeon's fucking baby. Um, you know, it, it, he would go, Hey, you got any songs, man? You want to fucking, uh, just send me some, uh, uh, you know, send me some parts or send me what you got. You know, and and, uh, and I would, and you know, occasionally he would make stuff out of it. You know, there was uh, on on the last record, uh, um, 
constructs of the state. One of those sons was one of mine, uh, slave to the throne, and hmm. was completely done already. And just threw lyrics over it. And then uh, on that split we did with uh, um, Citizen Fit, you know, so, and there were parts, like there was, a, you know, it had been parts on all the records, and even the first record that I didn't, play on, uh, I wasn't listed as a member, um, uh, you know, party of homeopathy was mine, but oh, you know, really? I was in the band, the, yeah, yeah, you know, I was in the band at the, at the very beginning, um, for show, uh, you know, um, choking victim had broken up and surgeon moved to Montana and, uh, he just started, uh, you know, making demos on cassette, and you know, he would send them to me from my fucking Montana. I'm like, hey, here's some shit, man. You know, some new stuff, and and uh, I'm thinking of starting this band left over crack. I don't have any fucking members. <laughs> Do you want to play guitar? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, uh, um, and and then I moved to New York City. You know, lived there for a while. And, uh, you know, we played shows out there, but, um, uh, I, I left and moved back to California to, uh, kind of tour with F minus, uh, and cause we recorded that first F minus record and, um, and then uh, boom, I moved straight to New York. We didn't do any shows or any, any tours or anything. And, and it's like, oh, fuck man, you know, um, Everybody lived in California, but me, uh, we didn't have any money. So I had to, you know, if I wanted to do shit with them, I had to move back to California. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And so I did, so I was out of crack for probably a year, you know? And, um, in the, in the meantime, they got Ezra, uh, who was great, you know? And, uh, um, I saw them come through, uh, California, uh, and they played, and I'm like, yeah, you know, if you ever need another guitar player, if you ever want to have two guitar players, and you just sing, Sturgeon, let me know. Hmm. You know, a couple months later, they called me and said, hey, you know, you want to play fucking second guitar? I'm just going to sing. And then that was that, right? Yeah. And then I did both, did both for a while, at minus and uh, left over crack. And it's kind of funny that y'all are kind of like brother bands because you're right next to each other on that first give them the boot comp like it goes choking victim f minus is so famous like the song ends and then the big hawk the loogie you know i think i actually Ugh. i think i saw y'all play that back to back one time like leftover crack did that f minus song with you oh my god no That's time so funny. it's a great song yeah, i haven't listened i haven't listened to that that comp in so long that that first game of the boot was great. I loved it. That's legendary, man. That, I mean, uh, I don't, like now it might be a little bit different, but anybody who says that they knew like the crack rock steady music from another way, like is full of shit. Like Tim Armstrong brought that music to the, to the people. You know what I mean? Like uh, Victim, they broke up after they recorded. Nobody would have ever known. And then he gave them another chance with the, the leftover crack album on hellcat so i mean i always thought how that turned out was kind of weird and you're kind of caught in the middle yeah no i agree with you i don't like the way that played out at all 
I feel I feel the same way you do about it. That that uh, Tim didn't have to do any of that shit <laughs> for any of us, you know. And at the time, that guy was like, you know, in a, in a um, you know, they were one of the biggest bands around, and uh, it was definitely in the middle. I mean, you know, they were both friends of mine. Tim more so, you know, mm. um, and. Uh, um, you know, him and Sturgeon, you know, fucking had some band drama between them. You know, I got caught up in it as a fucking, the guy who knew both, both parties. Mm. You know, so, um, yeah, fucking, <laughs> I'm not stoked on the way it played out, honestly. How do you handle it? Like, how do you reconcile it as such a close friend of both guys? Well, it's, I mean... It's really their business, you know, is the way that I looked at it then. It's like, you know, you you guys got to work this shit out, you know. It's like, um, I'm not a part of this. I don't, uh, um, you know, there was a, some stuff that went on that I don't even, you know, know about. I think just some, you know, fucking arguing, band drama, label guy stuff. Nothing like dramatic, you know. Yeah. Um. And they just never got past it. You know, it just ended with some fuck yous on both sides. And they, they never, like, you know, uh, made up and, and you know, uh, um, they didn't get past it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just this, like, fucking open wound, you know. You think there's ever any, like, can that beef be squashed? Or is it just neither party cares at this point? I don't even know, you know. I, don't even, I haven't seen Tim in a real, real long time. No, really. um, yeah. And well, actually, you know, until, uh, over the holiday, I did, I bumped into him and, uh, it was really great to see him, you wow. know? And, uh, um, you know, we were really close him and I, man, I lived in his house a couple of years. And, and uh, so we were like, Oh, you know, we got to, we got to get, you know, we didn't talk about anything heavy, you know, it's like, fuck, we got to get together and catch up. He's like, yeah, we got to get together and catch up. So maybe that'll happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, is, is, is any resolution, as far as any resolution on, on either side, you know, who knows if that'll ever happen. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of none of my business. Mm. Still. I heard a lot of different rumors about how they got hooked up with Hellcat in the first place. Like, but then most recently I read that it was you who initially presented the stuff to Hellcat. Well, what happened was, was um, I worked at Hellcat, you know, I was, was really for Ransom for a number of years. And when Tim started Hellcat, um, he was like, uh, um, you know, hey, I'm going to put out your band. And, you know, he already had a few bands that he, that he wanted to put records out on. And, uh, of. and uh, uh, you know, I kind of worked there just you know, opening fucking mail or, you know, just doing like clerical shit and, and, you know, production, uh, work on, on seven inches and, and whatnot. And, and, uh, it took me to have sent a tape in the cassette of, um, 500 channels and maybe there might've been a couple other songs on it. Uh, but Tim goes to me, Hey, you know, I want to do a record with these guys. I don't know where to get a hold of any of them. I mean, I met this Sturgeon kid years ago in New York. Um, 
I'm going to fly your ass out to New York and, uh, you know, do me a favor, just fucking find, find these guys. Whoa. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, cool. Uh, I'll do that. And, and, uh, I mean, I was out in New York a lot anyways. And, and, uh, um, so that's what I did. I don't even remember how I got Sturgeon's, you know, I don't know if he had a phone. Um, I think I might've had to call his mom and leave a message at his mom's or something. And, and I ended up meeting on St. Mark's and, and, uh, you know, um, I explained, you know, what, you know, Tim wanted to put out a record of theirs. And, you know, I guess I was a, a fucking A&R guy, but not really, uh, with any understanding what an A and R guy was, right? So you're also like a detective doing like private eye work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I facilitated the the you know the whole hookup and, and the uh, the idea of it um, you know being recorded at Squirt's house, you know, in his room at Serenity, and uh, you know I was just kind of. Uh, um, production manager slash producer of the whole thing. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and as far as <clears throat> making sure all that the parties that needed to meet met, you know, and, and everything got going and, and, um, uh, um, uh, I even, you know, did some, some backup vocals on it, but kind of broke up the fucking day of recording it, you know, uh, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, Why um, did that happen, though? Why did they record and then break up? I never quite understood that. Yeah, they got a big fight. They got a big altercation. I wasn't there when it happened. <laughs> I remember I was staying at, at somebody's house, and, and you know, recording was to start next, you know, the next day at noon or whatever, and I went over to Squirts, and you know, Ezra and Shane and we're standing up front. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we got in this big fight. And, um, you know, Sturgeon doesn't want to do the record, and <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I'm, I'm working on a book. It'll be in the book. Oh, you know, cool. I'll talk about it more in depth, more in depth in the book. But uh, suffice to say, they recorded their parts separately. Um, you know, the band recorded their stuff, and then Sturgeon recorded his stuff, and it at a different studio out in California. Uh, and that, that became no gods, no, no managers. And, uh, which came out pretty fucking good. I think under the circumstances, um, that's a great, you know, fucking excellent, just, uh, very aggressive, you know, fucking you know, great record. Way and, ahead uh, of its time. But you're right. You know, they, they fucking broke up. They didn't tour on it, you know, and, and, uh, and you're right, man, Tim, Tim, uh, you know, fucking kicked down all this, you know, time and money and, and, uh, was just like, that's cool. You know, huh. what did he think about it when they're like, we're breaking up? Was he just like, what? no, no, no. You just got to deal with Hellcat records. What do you mean you're breaking up? But it, like, did he, how did he compute that? I mean, you know, he was bummed, but he was like, you know what? I mean, I'll buy, we broke up when, True. Right after their, right after their, yeah, right after their record came out. So that's cool. We're going to put it out anyways, you know, Mm. which was unprecedented. I think, you know, I feel, and, uh, um, you know, he putting out a record of a, and he wasn't pressuring him to tour or do, you know, 
any of that shit. He just believed and, in the uh, music? Totally. Totally. So the guys weren't so like, when when you found him finally on St. Mark's and you told them, were they not like that excited about that? Or like, did they not take it that seriously? I, I don't understand how like, it's just so confusing to me, the whole story. They were, they were. I mean, it was a weird period, you know, it was, uh, um, you know, the initial fucking punk explosion of going from being underground to, you know, MTV million seller type bands, right? And in that climate, in the mid, you know, the early and mid nineties, you know, there wasn't any fucking, uh, um, you know, it was all new. So nobody like, you know, there, there's a lot of conflict in, in as far as the, the feelings that people had about all of it. Like, um, you know, is this right? Is, you know, should it be happening? Um, uh, you know, do, do we fucking, you know, uh, there were a lot of trust issues and stuff. Um, you know, but again, these were bands, you know, uh, rancid and, and, uh, um, you know, green day. And, and, and I mean, these were bands that they weren't guys that were put together by fucking record labels, mm. you know, to go out and it, it was a fucking accident. Mm. <laughs> they were real bands of real guys playing fucking Gilman one day, you know, and, and, uh, you know, playing shitholes one day and then playing fucking arenas, you know, a few years later. Um, so, uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, I think, uh, from choking victim, they were like, you know, fuck, should we be doing this? Well, yeah, why not? Hmm. Fuck it type thing. You know what I mean? Cause nobody, <clears throat> there was fucking 20 people going to choking victim shows then, you know, it, it, they weren't fucking like blowing up. The, the fucking music was great. The shit was great, but it's not like they were fucking sweeping the nation by storm, you yeah, know? And, no. and, uh, so they, they were like, yeah, fuck it. Why not, man? You know, but there, there was a lot of suspicions that, they were going to be taken advantage of or exploited in ways that they didn't want to be exploited. And I think that's where a lot of the beef came in is, is there, there were some misunderstandings about some things that were happening, um, you know, business wise. Um, again, things that I wasn't privy to because it wasn't my business, mm. you know, uh, I didn't really discuss it with Tim. I didn't really discuss it with Sturgeon. Uh, from my opinion, it's, it's best to stay out of those types of things unless they directly concern you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Why get your own heart rate up over it? Yeah. I don't want to be caught up in anybody's drama, man. And, and uh, uh, and it, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, there's no way to stay out of getting caught up in drama. And, and, uh, and it breaks my heart because, uh, um, you know, as far as I was concerned, we were all fucking buddies. We we're all on the same team. You know, why is this like a fucking thing now? You know, yeah. How, why is this getting weird? Why can't this not just be worked out? Yeah. You know, um, I wonder if like we're in the bizarro world where like Trump is president and left and choking victim didn't stay together. Is there like another world where like choking victims stayed together and toured with rancid and like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, right. 
I know. I know, man. And, and you know, I mean, it's caused me a lot of fucking uh, personal turmoil over the years, you know. Um, uh, um, you know, it's, it's very uh, distressing to me the way that whole thing panned out. I don't talk about it, you know. I don't talk. You're, the, you're probably the first person I've publicly, you know, discussed any of this stuff with, you know. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's like. Yeah. I I mean, I guess like with the whole choking victim leftover crack story, it, it is like such a nuclear bomb in the punk world. Like it really like changed how people played punk music. It's like now people just, and I kind of feel like I kind of started that, like making it cool to just blatantly rip off leftover crack. Like this is what our band <laughs> sounds like too. And then other people, like, I kind of feel like I created a monster because of it, but like, I wonder if all the turmoil goes along, like we were talking about before, there's just some like unseen energy. It's like, you don't get anything for free. It's like, yeah, you'll have this like unique group of guys get together and make this like extremely innovative music, but there's going to be like side energies that are going to cause things like these turmoils and these beefs. Yeah. And in, in, in my experience, you know, one has to work really hard on, on yourself personally to, um, be able to resolve these kinds of situations in, in a fucking constructive manner, you know, um, uh, because they, they come up, man, they come up and I, I personally, I like to get along with people, man. I like shit to be fucking cool. Life's fucking hard enough, man, on a day to day fucking basis, going to your fucking job, doing your fucking bullshit that you have to do to fucking live in this fucking society, man. Just the, every fucking tiny little thing that just takes a fucking piece of you every fucking day. I would rather get along with people. And I love hanging out with musicians, man, because we speak the same fucking language that other people don't, man, you know? And, and, and so, but at the same time, we're all fucked up, <laughs> you know? And, and it's like, the only way you learn things is by making fucking mistakes, man. And then you, you know, you try not to repeat them again, you know, and, and hopefully, right. Try not to repeat the same shit fucking over and over. And, and so sometimes shit's got to blow up for you to fucking learn something. Yeah. I would say, I would say, I mean, I don't learn. If somebody just tells me something, it's like, Oh, that's cool. But the way I really learned something is by falling on my face, man, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's one thing I know about musicians. They are my favorite people, but we are not the fucking hotbeds of mental health or conflict resolution mm. or communication, right? Which is why people, a lot of people, the only way they can say things is by writing a fucking song, mm. you know? You can put things in songs that they could never fucking say in real life or do in real life, you know? Mm. And, and so like, I get all that it's frustrating at times. You just want to fucking kill people, <laughs> you know, but what are you going to fucking do, man? It's like, I've tried to quit music. I could not live with myself, you know? I, I mean, it's like, oh, I'm going to go just work fucking at a store, you know? Yeah, I, I wanted to fucking blow my brains out. You know what I mean? So I guess I just work on how to communicate better. If that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense, man. 
You're also quoted as saying, if you ever see me with an acoustic guitar, fucking shoot me. I'll tell you, my solo <laughs> thing is me and an electric guitar. <laughs> Billy Bragg style. Billy Bragg style, whom I just <laughs> saw a couple months ago and was fucking amazing. But yeah, me and an electric guitar. That's None awesome. of this Bruce Springsteen fucking bullshit. Fucking, now I'm going to fucking... Now I'm going to tell all you folks about fucking my feelings, you know? Yeah. Dude, I fucking <laughs> no, hate we're not acoustic going, guitars, man. We're, you know, we're not going down that road. And granted, there are fucking plenty of people that are great at it, I'm sure. You know, and that's awesome. I'm not one of those people. And, uh, um, you know, like, I don't know, man. I don't listen to much of that kind of music. You know, it's cool. I like weird shit. Mm. I like shit between the cracks i like the shit that's not fucking happening i like the shit that's not cool i like the shit that that not everybody's doing i like some of the stuff that everybody's doing and that's cool too but the shit that really hits home with me is like what's missing man you know mm. the fuck is missing i've always been like that much to my probably my fucking financial fucking demise you know, but <clears throat> You know, what's been more interesting to me is what's not there. Mm. You know, if that makes any sense. But I'll tell you, man, No Cash was a fucking good band. And oh, you guys thank like, you, man. You, you know, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head of, of that kind of stuff. So much so that Sturgeon really liked you. And a lot of people thought that he, that it was fucking, you know this, that it was like choking victim under a different name or something, you know? Right, yeah, it's it's confusing to, to, me, to people. To me, it didn't sound. To me, it didn't sound. You know, there were some similarities, but like, to me, it didn't sound like that much like them. I mean, fuck, I knew what those guys really sounded like. Mm, you know, right. yeah, more trained ear. Yeah, I mean, you guys put in a different sort of fucking packaging, man, and and, and you know, cut a lot of the fucking fat off. You know, which was cool. And we were just and, kids, uh, but I mean, I used it as like a template. So like, I would literally like write down his arrangement, like, okay, it went verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and then like structure my, and like, okay, this is kind of the melody. Let me change one chord, but it's how I learned how to write music. And then, you know, it, I grew out of it very quickly as I was evolving and then Mad Conductor happened very organically. So that story, yeah, yeah. you know, that's the only way it could have played out. But one thing, I, I'm sure. like in touch with those guys again after many, many years, the No Cash dudes, and we're like working on music together for fun. And one thing, I was hanging out with my bass player. He reminded me of something I forgot about. At one point, right before we broke up, it had been proposed to us by you to record an album with us playing and Sturgeon singing, but obviously we broke up and it never came to fruition. Do you remember having that idea though? I don't. That was a, that'd be a great idea though. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if we felt like slighted by it. Well, like why wouldn't we? And then I think at the same time, like we were maybe trying to grow into our own band and distance ourselves from people asking us. Cause when oh. I, when I was in no cash, people asked us to play leftover crack songs. And when I'm in Mad Conductor, not so much anymore, but right away, everybody asks to play no cash songs. And I still get it every once in a while, but. Oh, I didn't mean it as a slag. You know, I, I, I didn't mean that as an insult at all. Oh, you know, if it I came off like that, I, I apologize. 
Uh, dude, water under the bridge. I mean, I wish that it would have happened. I could use those fucking iTunes checks right about now. 